Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. Before we get into the Week 12 recap, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Hit the like button, leave a comment, and turn on the notification bell so you get a notification every time we drop a podcast. 45-26 Titans all over the Colts in this one, but the even bigger loss today wasn't the Titans beating the Colts, and this was a huge game with major division playoff implications and division championship implications on the line, and this was a big loss, huge loss, second biggest game of the year, we won the first one, we lose the second one, we split the season series, we lose the head-to-head tiebreaker, so now not only are we a game back in the division, a game behind the Titans, but we're essentially a game and a half back because of the tiebreaker because we lost to the Jaguars week one. But to be honest, the biggest loss today was not the Colts losing to the Titans, despite how big the game was. It's losing our left tackle, Anthony Costanzo, who currently has, what, an MCL injury. We don't know the extent yet, but the second he leaves the game, it's a totally different offense. We could talk about how bad the defense played and how bad we were in multiple areas of the game throughout the course of the game. And this was obviously not, I'm not going to justify, despite the injuries, despite who might have missed this game with COVID or whatever. We were on pace to be in a shootout, to be in a track meet. A track meet, we could have won. The second Anthony Costanzo goes down, we go from six first downs in our first two possessions and two touchdowns scoring 14 points to our next like six possessions only having two first downs and not scoring until garbage time late in the fourth quarter. It was a totally different team. It was a totally different offense. Phillip Rivers' clock was off and it was all out of whack. The second LaRaven Clark came in the game for Anthony Costanzo. So you look at the Colts' four losses. One of them at Cleveland, no Anthony Costanzo. Today, at home against Tennessee, we lose Costanzo after scoring 14 points in the two possessions he plays. The second he comes out the game, it's a totally different offensive line. It's a totally different quarterback. It's a totally different offense. And it was all downhill from that point. So... Going forward without Anthony Costanzo and just with LaRaven Clark in the game, period, or Green or whoever, we saw it last week. We almost lost that game because we didn't have Braden Smith. The backup tackle situation, as we said in March, as we said in April during the draft, as we said countless times throughout the summer and then throughout the season against Cleveland, against Green Bay, and today, the backup tackle spot on this roster is our weakest link and when exercised in big spots like today with the division on the line and in big spots like each game we have now going forward for the rest of the season, that's bigger than the game played today on the field. Not having Anthony Costanzo now for the foreseeable future moving forward with the MCL injury. Luke, I'll tell you what, man. This is doomsday type shit for me. It was what I feared the most as far as the season started, when the season started. Chris Ballard just not just not doing it, not getting it done, not getting a tackle, and ha- just rolling with this guy. I, and Chaz Green, I, I just I don't I'll never understand it. The scary thing is the teams we're playing and we're going to play are not high pressure teams. Like today, Tennessee's not a high pressure, high sack team. Nope. They pressured him all game. As soon as AC was out of this game, they pressured him to no end, and they beat LaRaven La- La- like a drum. They they overpowered them with you know with power moves. They they 
You know, they use speed. They just beat them all. I mean, it just, and it's so frustrating because we, we knew this. We knew this. And the game is the game. They came out. They, they deserved to win. We got our ass kicked. We played a horrible game in every facet, every way possible. Yep. We didn't deserve to win that game. I'm over that already. I mean, it is what it is. You come out, you play like that against a good team, you're going to get rolled. So we got rolled, and it is what it is. But as far as these injuries go, I mean, losing Costanzo is huge to me because now every game is going to be a dogfight. I don't care who it's against because look at Houston. Yeah, they're not very good, but they've got a great quarterback, and they've got J.J. Watt. What do you think J.J. Watt's going to do to Raven Clark? So the Colts have to. I don't know what – like Luke and I were talking, do you move Quentin Nelson to left tackle? you got to consider it, in my opinion. I don't think they'll do it, but you got to consider it. They've got to be on the waiver wire. They've got to try to find somebody on the street. I don't care who it is. Raven Clark cannot start the rest of the season because let me tell you something. If he does, this team is not going to the playoffs. Nope. And Green – Chaz Green is just as bad, if not worse. You go back to his time in Dallas, the reason he got thrown out of Dallas was because I think he gave up six sacks in one game or five sacks in one game. Either way, that's you know if you give up more than two or three sacks in a game, it's a god-awful performance, and he gave up five-plus sacks in a game. So our backup tackle situation, whether it be Chaz Green or LaRaven Clark, is awful. So I don't know what you do because even if you move – Braden Smith over to left tackle. He's never played on that side before. He struggles against speed rushers. And then you would also still have one of those two tackles on the field playing on the other end. And we saw how bad we were last week against the Packers when we had to have a revolving door and a rotation between Green and Clark at the right tackle spot. So I don't think moving Braden Smith, I think that might even be worse because then you get worse at both spots. So I think moving Nelson over to left tackle... Because Nelson, if you put him at any spot, he would be better than pretty much anybody. Like I would just assume that if you move Nelson over to left tackle, even though he hasn't done it at this level, the Cowboys have done it before with Zach Martin. So I just feel like if the Colts were to do that with Nelson, it would clearly be an upgrade because he's just so much more talented than the other two backup options we have. I think that he would give you the best chance. And then Pinter, I thought he played well today in replace of Kelly. So if you were to play him at guard and you get Kelly back at center, then you could have Nelson, Pinter, Kelly, Glowinski, Smith. You at least keep three guys in their natural spots. Pinter is more of a guard than a center anyway. So if he could play today at center, I think he'll be able to plug and play at guard. And then you have Quentin Nelson, arguably the most talented, the most physically gifted and best technical offensive lineman in the league, if you were to move him outside, I think it would give you the best chance. So I know it's crazy, but this is a crazy predicament we're in. So when you're in a dire situation, you're going to have to do drastic things. And I just think that in this moment, it makes the most sense. You don't want to have to do it, but that's just the hand we are being dealt right now. And it sucks. It really really sucks and today was you know there's a lot of injuries but I don't want to talk about all the injuries I don't want to talk about all the COVID cases that make it like that's the only reason we lost this game like we came out terribly defensively we had no energy in the beginning of the game it looks like we were afraid to tackle Derrick Henry as if we didn't just see him two weeks ago it was like we saw him for the first time today we were just terrified of him and AJ Brown catching that slant and taking it to the house for 69 yards it was just an awful performance all the way around. Just awful defensively before the half. What is Frank Reich 
thinking in that situation. You're basically playing for Tennessee, and you're setting them up to get the ball back with a minute 20 and score before the half. Last week, we went into the half 28-14, and we got ball second half, and we made a comeback against the Packers. 35-14 is a whole other story when you're down three touchdowns going into the half. We just shot ourselves in the foot there. This was an awful game all the way around, so I don't want to use injuries as an excuse or to use anything as an excuse. This was all around bad. But when we look forward now at these next five games, we have to win at least four of them. To guarantee a wild card, we have to go four and one down the stretch. Three and two might get you in, but it might get you. You might be on the outside looking, you know, you might be on the outside looking in. If you go 10 and six, and let's say the Ravens end up with 10 wins and Cleveland ends up with 10 wins, we lose those head to heads because we lost to them during the regular season. So. You really want to get to the magic number of 11. And like you said, Jason, every game is going to be a dogfight down the stretch without Anthony Costanzo. And it's tough to win four out of five dogfights because each and every one's going to be, it could be a coin flip. I think we're the best team in every game we play besides the Steelers game. But it's going to be tough because we're going up against a team today who I don't know how many sacks they brought into this game, but when we played them the last time, they were bottom five in the league. They only had 12 sacks on the season the first time we saw them. That was only two weeks ago. And that team put relentless pressure on our quarterback. That's how inept we are when LaRaven Clark is in the game. So this is a big picture. This is looking forward and projecting the next five games for the Colts coming down the stretch, which is more important, quite frankly, than today's game. Because coming into today's game, we knew what was at stake against the Titans. And we knew there were two good teams. We knew we had those injuries. We knew we were banged up. We knew it would be tough. We knew we were going to either come out on the winning end or the losing end. And we knew there was going to be a path to the playoffs. Whether you win this game, the path would most likely be to go out and win the division. We would have had like an 83% chance of winning the division. Now that we lose this game, the percentage of winning the division falls to 14%. So now it's all about the wild card. And we knew going into this game, had we have lost this game as we did, that there would be a clear path via the wild card. And that really is where our focus must shift. We go out, we play our games, we try to win each and every game of our last five. But that's why it's hard for me to even focus on the game that was just played, Jason, because the backup tackle situation is so glaring now as we look ahead to these next five games. It's really the main focus point going down the stretch. Yeah, and, and I know the local media in Indy is going to be circle-jerking over how bad the defense was, and it was bad. But let me tell you something, and I promise you this. We get Buck back, we get Autry back, we get Oak back. Our defense is going to be fine. They're going to be good enough to, to get us in the playoffs and good enough to win us games in the playoffs. But our offense can't score you know, 11 points a game or, or 19 points a game. They're going to have to actually put up points, and it's going to be made excessively difficult by the fact that we have probably the worst starting tackle in the NFL playing tackle for us. That's why Luke and I are so concerned. Yes, the defense was an ab just, just absolutely atrocious today. They didn't tackle. They didn't do anything right. They got penalties. Rock was awful. This, the linebackers were awful. The D-line was awful. It's all connected, and it was all connected awful. So there's no positives about the defense today. I have nothing good to say about it. But what I will say is one game like this is an aberration to me. I don't think it happens again. I really don't. So you, you get your guys back. 
and you play your defense, the defense will be fine. I'm not worried about them at all. And in all honesty, if we could have – I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Tennessee again, to be quite honest with you. Guys probably think I'm not. I want them but again. I, not... I want Tennessee in the first round. I think we're a better team. I swear to God, at full strength, I think we are a better team. I want to go to Nashville, and I want to play them in the wild card round. That's the team I want. Like I want, like if I could have my choice of any team in the playoffs in the first round, I want the Titans one thousand percent. I agree. I one hundred percent agree. We just have to get the left tackle thing fixed. I don't know how you do it, but you got to find a way. They're, I mean, Reich's going to have to either if he's going to actually try to play those two guys at left tackle, then there has to be a tight end there at all times. You're basically you're you're basically taking it one of your tight ends and using them as an extra blocker. Yeah, you're that, handicapping. I mean, you're handicapping yourself. And we, Jason, we love Chris Ballard. You look up and down this roster. He has made improvements everywhere. He's taken our biggest weakness. And then the next year, he's turned it into our biggest strength. He's done that at least three times. He did it with the linebackers. He did it with the defensive tackles. He's done it multiple times where he took a huge, he did it with the offensive line. From 17 to 18, he did it with the offensive line. From 18 to 19, he did it with the linebackers. And then from 19 to 20, he did it with the defensive tackles or something like that. He's done it three times with three different position groups and position groups that aren't really easy to build. It's hard to find good defensive tackles. It's really hard to find good offensive linemen and linebackers. And he was able to do that at all three of those levels. So he's incredible. But this is one spot we've talked about time and time again. And I had multiple people say today on Twitter to me, oh, but Chris Ballard wanted Joe Haig. Well, that's great that he wanted Joe Haig. Haig left in March. You had all of free agency, and then you went into a draft, and you had, what, eight, nine picks in the draft, and you never yep. addressed the backup tackle situation. And he is fantastic. He's my favorite GM. I love him. I love everything about Chris Ballard. 99 times out of 100 times I talk about him, it's positive. The one time... That it's negative, and it was negative in March, April, May, June, July, August, September, leading up to the season. It's been the backup tackle, and what is coming around to bite us in the ass? Against Cleveland, against Green Bay, and now against Tennessee in what was essentially an AFC South championship. It's the backup tackle situation. And we talked about it at nauseum throughout the course of the offseason. Yeah, he's... He failed, dude. He failed. as far as as far as giving this team a viable option behind the two starting. To, he failed. There's, I mean, there's no, there's no way around it. I love him. We both love him. We think he's one of the top three, maybe the best GM in the game. But you have got to know, especially somebody like Ballard. And I, I hate to go back on this, but I really, really, really wanted an offensive tackle early in the draft, in the second round. I wanted a tackle. He took a running back. We could have taken a running back later or brought back Jonathan Williams and gotten the same production. I just I hated the move at the time. I know everybody's going to jump on me in the comments because everybody loves Jonathan Taylor and they think he's the second coming of Jim Brown, and maybe he will be a great player. He probably will be a really good player. But to win in this league, you cannot have just two good tackles. You have to have a third one. Because generally speaking, you have injuries. And the fact that Chris Ballard has seen the Raven Clark play for three, four years and thinks he's a good, viable backup at left or right tackle, 
is mind-boggling to me. Mind-boggling. So I don't know what the answer is now because he had all the time in the world to fix it before the season. Like Luke said, free agency, get a backup tackle, the draft, take a tackle. You know, the teams cut players throughout the, you know, the, the summer. Then the, the cut-down day. He hasn't done anything to fix that position. And I lay that squarely. I don't blame Reich. I don't blame anyone else. I lay that squarely on Chris Ballard. And now we are in a horrible position. Because if this, if, you know, y'all better pray that this isn't a, a season-ending injury. Because if it is, I'm telling you, if we play those two guys at tackle the rest of the year, the Colts will be home for the playoffs. It's that simple. They're a different team with Clark out there and a and not a good offensive team at all. When you look at the first two possessions today, this offense looked like they were going to put up 42 points. It looked like a track meet. We were off to the races, both teams. Both teams were off to the races. And the second Anthony Costanza went down. Now, I don't know how. I honestly don't know how you have 2017, 18, 19. You have those off seasons. You have those OTAs. You have those training camps. You have those preseasons. I don't know how Chris Ballard, being the genius that he is, and that's not sarcastic. He is a genius. His ability to scout talent and find talent and evaluate talent and go into drafts and just dominate drafts and dominate trades and dominate waiver wire pickups and finding Kenny Moore as an undrafted guy, claiming him off the waivers. You go down to what he's done in the second round with Darius Leonard and what we were saying this morning about Grover Stewart, finding him out of Albany State in the fifth round. He's the best talent evaluator, honestly, maybe in the league, which makes it that much more mind-numbing that he could watch Clark in 17, 18, 19 and then think coming into this year that LaRaven Clark was the answer as a backup tackle. Like that to me makes absolutely no sense because he's too smart for that. He's way too smart for that. And the Indianapolis media all summer long when they were at training camp Everybody, all the reports were, and I. how many times do we hear this, Jason, whether it be in our comment section or on Twitter, where we would continue to say, as we said all offseason long, I can't believe Raven Clark's the backup tackle, blah, 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 blah. We did our All-22, and you guys could go back. Go watch our All-22. You kill Raven Clark, or I kill Raven Clark, whoever it was that did that one. And the comment section is all, oh, but Kevin Bowen, but Zach Kiefer, oh, but Stephen Holder. They're all saying he's playing great in camp. I mean, enough is enough. We saw him how many times in 17, 18, 19? We knew who he was. A low-contact, half-speed training camp. All of a sudden, this guy who was awful for three straight years is going to be able to plug and play and be a, a manageable drop-off from Anthony Costanzo? I'm sick and tired of it. That's what we said, Luke. What we said was, we won't believe LaRaven Clark is good or looks good or is any good until we see it in a game. Until that happens, we're not going to see it. Guess what, Luke? We still haven't seen it because we're not going to see it because he sucks. Yeah, because he sucks. He's trash. He's absolutely trash. I can't believe. I mean, I guess I can believe it because we said it time and time again. I really just can't believe that Ballard kept him on this roster as the backup tackle because it was obvious in March. It was obvious in April. And then you go through the entire summer and you allow it to get to this point, and as 
much depth and as much talent as he's added to this roster in multiple different areas. That was one big miss. And unfortunately, Ballard, who's shooting 20 of 23 from the floor, one of those misses just happened to to possibly be at the buzzer for a game winner. And that game winner comes at the left tackle position, which now going down the stretch could be the difference between us. I'd go as far as making the playoffs or missing the playoffs because it's that big of a spot and the talent and the competition for these three wildcard spots in the AFC is no joke. So I think we are the best team in four out of our next five games. I think we're better than the Texans twice. I think we're better than the Jaguars. I think we're better than the Raiders. I don't think we're better than the Steelers. And even if the Steelers went into that game at 0-14, I still think we would lose because it's at Pittsburgh and we never beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and we never win in Pittsburgh. So if you mark that game up as a loss, we're going to have to go 4-0 in our other four games. So there's no room for error. There's no margin for error in those four games. And it's going to be tough to play a game where you don't have any room, any wiggle room for error when you have a turnstile at left tackle. But we talked about that at nauseam, Jason. Let's get into the game a little bit, a little bit on the offense, a little bit on the defense, even though it's hard to talk about the offense without just talking about the left tackle spot again. But we'll try to do so, and then we'll wrap this up because I really don't want to talk about this game much more than we already have. So we'll start off with the offense Get the ball twice to start the game. Six first downs, two touchdowns, 14 points. Pretty much don't do anything the rest of the way. Yeah, man, it was a frustrating game. They started so well, and, and we said they needed to come out and start fast, and they really did. They did a great job. They got they got the two touchdowns, and and, uh, and then after that, it was, it was just not good. I mean, Rivers was rattled. He was, you know, making bad throws. Um, the real, really the only guy that I thought, that I saw that really had a good game, honestly, was Hilton, and you know that was about it. I mean, after the first two drives, it was it was pretty much a train wreck. And uh, you know, we we talked about the Raven Clark. There's no need to bring him up. Thought Pinter, other than the bad snap on the two point conversion, did okay. But you, you're gonna have like with the way the defense played you, you, and the way the game was shaping up, it was gonna be it was gonna be a Green Bay type game. We were gonna have to drop 38 points or whatever it was to win the game. And I was all right with that. I thought, okay, well, we're just going to have to win a shootout. No big deal. We've got the guys to do it. And, and then, you know, the, the one thing that can happen happens, and the game's changed. From that point on, it was a totally different game, and they did what they were supposed to do. They dominated us and, and you know, w- without our left tackle, and they, were, and they just took over the game. Our running game was pretty much non-existent, and, you know, but we were pretty much – in that from that point on in a chase kind of mode where you know we're, we're throwing almost every down anyway so I, I don't want to say our run game was really bad because we basically had no choice but to throw most of the game but you know after the like you said man the first two possessions were great i was happy i was like okay you know obviously the defense was disappointing but the offense was doing their thing picking up the defense because that's what good teams do thought so, hey i think we can win a shootout you know Tannehill, rivers rivers just outdueled Rogers, let's do it again, you know, and uh, you, lo- you, you, lose, you lose AC and it's just, it's just all downhill from there, man. Just a, it's a tough loss, not a lot to say really other than, you know, I, I still think we're the better team despite what the score says. But at the end of the day, man, they came in, they handled their business, they beat us at our house. You can't make excuses. That's the bottom line. They won. 
our like everything for us now is the wild card. We have to find a way to just get in because this is the one year it doesn't matter if you're a division champ or a wild card champ. It does because there's no home field advantage. There's no, I mean, really, there is no home field advantage. So just get in the tournament. So we just have to find a way to get into the tournament, and then we can. It's a new season after that. It's a new season. We can beat anybody with the defense that we have. When it's healthy, we can beat anybody. I still believe that, but. A couple of things have to go our way down the stretch, and one of those things, obviously, is AC somehow not having a serious injury, and we know our luck, but hopefully that luck is it will change. I mean, that's all you can really hope for. But as far as the offense in this game, after the first two possessions, it was it was pretty much trash. Yep, and you said T.Y. had a good game. I would also throw in Burton because I thought that catch in the end zone was incredible. Great, strong hands by Burton and then I thought Hines played well but outside of them and Rivers with the hot start it was a very lackluster performance by the offense some of it their fault some of it not their fault just because when you lose Costanzo and everything's out of whack it was just so hard for them to really get anything going because the clock in Rivers head was just off there was no timing you couldn't have any timing because even if LaRaven Clark had a good down you still felt like there was going to be pressure from that side so there was a couple times Rivers rushed throws that he didn't need to rush because he was just expecting him to get beat because that's how lowly he thinks of LaRaven Clark he doesn't expect there to be a second of time for him to throw the ball so just everything was out of whack and then at one point who was the color today it was I Neagle and who else Charles Davis yeah, Charles Davis said multiple times, oh, I think Rivers' toe is bothering him. No, it wasn't his toe. It was the fact that the left tackle was so incompetent that Rivers felt pressure coming at every moment. And there was twice where he had to, or at least once, where he had to tuck the ball because he felt the pressure coming from the backside, and then he steps up in the pocket, and he gets sacked, and Glowinski gets beat. But that's all just a breakdown from the left side, and it becomes a chain reaction down the line, across the line, but... Moving over now to the defense, awful job. They give up, what, 38 points, then, of course, 45, but seven off that A.J. Brown kickoff return on the onside kick that was returned for a touchdown. But 38 points where our defense is on the field. And keys to the game, Jason, create turnovers. We created zero turnovers. Keep Derrick Henry out of the end zone. He scores three touchdowns in the first half. And then limit big plays. You have multiple big plays, including a 69-yard touchdown from A.J. Brown. And our last key was to minimize A.J. Brown's production. And, of course, he's the guy who catches that 69-yard touchdown. So 0 for 4. Keys to the game for this defense, 0 for 4. They couldn't even get one. They couldn't even do one key to the game. They went 0 for 4 in keys to the game. So it was an awful performance by the defense. And there were a lot of injuries. I don't want to use that as an excuse. I really don't. But it's a factor. It is a fact. When you're missing not only your all-pro starting defensive tackle three-tech going up against the best running back in football in DeForest Buckner, you're also missing who most likely would have been his replacement in Nico Autry. I know he's been playing defensive end this year, but if he were to play in this game without Buck, I think he would play that three-tech role, and he would play there next to Grover Stewart. So you're really missing both guys, your first and second string at that spot, 
And right off the bat in this game, there was a run by Henry where he stiff armed Stolworth, and I'm just like, here we go. And it's a tough team to come back on because they run the ball so well, because they're so physical. And when you go up against a guy like Derrick Henry, he gets better as the game goes on because he wears you down. So when you're already depleted, when you're already starting the game with your third string defensive tackle, it's going to be that much more difficult to build stamina throughout the course of the game. Because you're down so many guys. And we just didn't have the bodies today. We didn't have the horses. That's not an excuse. You have to credit Tennessee. And a ton of credit goes to guys like A.J. Brown on that slant and taken to the house. And he's just a tremendous athlete and a tremendous receiver. And he's only in his second year. And he's only going to get better. And then Derrick Henry, 178 yards, 6.6 yards per carry, three touchdowns. Like, you got to tip your cap to those guys because... They are some damn good players, playmakers, athletes, and they did their thing today, and we didn't do anything. We had our keys to the game, and we went 0 for 4 on our defensive keys to the game, and you're not going to win like that. 100%. I, I mean, you hit it all on the head. I, I, I would just add this. If anyone doesn't think that Buck wasn't worth a first-round pick or that you know doubted how important he was to this defense, and I don't think there were a lot of people that, that did, but... Uh, you found out today. I mean, without him, it's just a totally different defense. It's totally different. He's so friggin' good. It changes everything when he's in there. I, that, yep. That's what I will say about that. But as far as, like, you know, the performance, I'm not making any, any excuses. It was awful from the from the D-line, the linebackers. I thought Darius Leonard had a horrible game. I thought all of our linebackers were putrid today. Our coverage was bad. Rock was awful. I don't know what's going on with Rock. You know, we we had a guy get kicked out of the game. I guess that was on special teams. I mean, like, I mean, penalties. You can't win that way. And it was by far, by far the worst I've ever seen a Flus defense look. That that defense looked undisciplined. Uh, they didn't tackle well. They didn't rally to the ball. They didn't make any plays. They didn't strip the ball. They didn't have any chances at any turnovers. I mean, it was just an outright disgraceful performance in the first half. I don't know what else to say. Injuries are not, that's unacceptable. I think Flus would be the first person to tell you that. 35 points in the first half, are you freaking kidding me? 69-yard touchdown to Brown. You know, Henry, three touchdowns in the first half. I mean, it just, Luke, it was just, just an absolutely awful performance in the first half by the defense, and, and unacceptable in every way by all of those guys. There's not one guy that I thought played well on defense, not one. I thought the linebackers were exceptionally bad today. I yep. thought Darius Leonard was awful today. Coverage, bad. Tackling, bad. I mean, we can go down the line on all these guys. Uh, none of them played well. Flus gets the blame because he's the coordinator, and the players get the blame because they were out there. It was awful for those, for those first 30 minutes of the game. It's as bad as I've ever seen a Flus defense look. It's, it looked like a Pagano defense. Let's keep it 100. That's what it looked like. With all of that said, I don't expect to see this happen again the rest of the year, and I don't give a shit who we play. I think this is a one-game thing, an admiration, but still, it's unacceptable. Unacceptable. Biggest game of the year, and you come out and lay a turd like that, I mean, I'm already over the game because I'm so worried about AC, honestly, but as far as just in a big game, I thought we got outcoached. I thought we got outplayed. I thought they were more prepared. I thought, you know, they had a better game plan from top to bottom, all everything all around. I give them credit. They deserve to win. I still don't think they're the better team, 
But they kicked our ass today. There ain't no getting around that. From the beginning of the game to the end of the game, they won it. And there's, there is no excuse. You can't play like that. And, and we did all the things you can't do. You turn it over. You get personal fouls, holdings, penalties. You don't gang tackle Henry. You allow A.J. Brown to take a slant to the house. I mean, you just can't do it. And you come out and play like that, you get what you deserve. And we deserve to get our ass kicked, and we got our ass kicked. So you, you flush this game, you learn from it, move on, and you better get ready because Houston ain't going to be an easy game. I'll tell you that right now. It's not going to be one of these games where we walk in there and throw our helmet out there and win the game. We're going to have to fight to win that game. So these guys better get over this game fast, get their focus back, get, get everything redirected at the, at the Houston Texans because that's who's on the who's on the board next, and we have to win that game. Period. No excuses, no explanations. Go get it done. But as far as this game, awful. Just an F all the way around. Coaching, defense, players, all of it horrible. Yep. You just said you don't expect it to happen again, and I feel the same way. I don't expect it to happen again, but it happened today and that's unacceptable this should never happen when you have as much talent as we have on d like when you look at our linebacker core and you look at our secondary and you look at guys like blackman and leonard we should never have a top to bottom performance as piss poor as it was today defensively it was inexcusable and we could make our excuses or we could use the facts the factors about buckner and autry and missing pieces and okariki defensively but there were still just too many plays that we left out there defensively. It was awful. It was absolutely awful. And Literally I, no one made a play, Luke. No. Not one guy on our defense made a play the maybe, entire game. Maybe Kari Willis. There was a second down where Kari Willis made a play, and then Leonard got a hand on the ball. And that's when we were still in the game. It was 14-14. We make a stop. We get a punt. And I'm thinking, okay, wow. This is a chess match, right? They score a touchdown. We score a touchdown. They score a touchdown. We score a touchdown. Now we get a stop. So it's all even till this point. We get the first stop doesn't look like it after you look at the final score you'd think that they got the first stop but we actually got the first stop in this game that's when we find out anthony costanzo's out and the rest of the game it was just all tennessee the rest of the way and from that point on i don't think we made any plays defensively and you could say oh but we held them to three points defensively in the second half it was all a prevent just run the ball let the clock bleed out they weren't trying to score they didn't have to score tennessee didn't have to score in the second half which, again, nope. goes into, if it's 28-14 at the half, the Colts are still in the game. You get ball second half, you score a touchdown, it's a seven-point game. We saw it against the Packers. We saw it against Aaron Rodgers. We were down 28-14 at the half. The clock management right before the half was awful, awful. by Reich. You're calling a timeout for the other team. You're giving it back to them with a minute 20. You know your defense is depleted and tired, exhausted. They've gotten their ass kicked by Derrick Henry up and down the field, and now you're going to put them back on the field with all that time left where you could give up three or you could end up giving up seven. Because we were very close to being in this game. If you take away the hands to the face by Rock and you hold them to a field goal there and then you just sit on it before the half and you get ball second half, it's a 10-point game at half. It could have very easily been a 10-point game at half. Instead, it's a 21-point game at half. And you're not coming back from that. You're just not coming back from that. When you're down as many guys as we were down... You're not coming back from 21 points against a good football team. We're not playing the bang. Even when we played the Bengals, we were down 21 in the first. And then in the second quarter, we made our comeback. And then we were in the game going into half. 
21 points in the second half against anybody is tough, especially against a team who is just as good as you, like they are. I mean, we're very equal teams. Today, their personnel was better than ours, missing who we were missing. And to be down 21 when they could run the ball the way they could run the ball and when you're as weak as we were today up the middle, forget about it. It's over. I mean, forget about it. You're not coming back from 31-14 or whatever it was at the half. It's impossible. 35, 35-14. Yeah. And and I knew it was over when we came out. Went immediately went three and out. I mean, you because you have all 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 half time to make you know make adjustments, come out with a plan, and we just immediately go three and out on offense. And and no matter what the defense did in the second half, or I don't think our offense was going to ever be able to do enough no. to even get close in that game because you just there was no consistent time. He had no consistent time, and mm-hmm. and there was no obviously you can't mix it up when you're down thirty eight to fourteen. So, you know, it just it is what it is. We had a chance to win. We had the game at home. You know, we had we were it was fourteen fourteen and and listen, it just the game the game snowballed and and they 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 were the better team today. There is no getting around that. So uh, now we refocus. I hope the team refocuses and realizes that just getting in the tournament is what we need to be about now. The division, you know, maybe a miracle happens, but I, I, honestly, I don't think that that's the way that's the way it's going to work. I think we have to get in through the wild card, and we're just going to have to go out and take it one game at a time, like we did in 2018, and just and just find a way. I don't care how they do it; just find a way to score more points than the other team every game because they're all going to be minus the Jacksonville game. I think that I think we should be okay in that game, but other than that, I mean, we're they're all going to be dog fights. Houston's going to be a dog fight. The Raiders, even though they got curb stomped in a very odd score today, they got beat by like forty or something like that. <laughs> I saw that uh, yeah. yeah, so I mean, but that I still think that the game's going to be tough. So I mean, they, they just have to take it one game at a time. Flush this game, forget it. It's over, done with. There's nothing you can do about it. And take that one and zero mantra like you had back in 2018 that Frank always preaches, and just flush this game. Because you cannot let one bad performance become two and three, and he's been good at at preventing that. Hopefully, he can, you know, continue to kind of you know get get these guys in the right frame of mind. But as far as this game goes, man, I'm glad it's over. It was just a, after the fourteen fourteen part of the game. It was it was you know just a rough watch. It was really hard to watch, and then watching Jacoby come in at the end of the game and throw 90-mile-an-hour fastballs over guys' heads was just not what I had in mind for the end of this game. So, you know, it's a loss. Chalk it up. We're still 7-4. and four. We're a good football team. Played a bad game today against a, a, a very good team. Get it back on track next week. That's the key. Figure out the left tackle thing. That's the key. Those, those are the keys. And, uh, and staying COVID-free. you got to stay COVID-free. That is huge for this team. Obviously, we cannot afford to lose guys like DeForest Buckner and Danico Autry and even Jonathan Taylor. It gives you no options because when, like today, I think Wilkins got hurt and he wasn't a hundred percent, but they threw him back out there. If we have Taylor, you don't have to put him back out there. So, I mean, it's just, whew, it's just been a day, Luke. Let's just say that, man. <laughs> what a rough, rough day for Colts fans, but. We could be a lot of other teams. We're still seven and four, and we're not four and seven. We still got everything in front of us. We just got to go and play and win games, man. That's what we got to do. It is true, and like we were saying early this morning about COVID, 
I would put this team in a hotel because you mentioned a couple guys. What about Braden Smith? Could you imagine if Braden Smith catches COVID oh. and we already don't have Anthony Costanzo and you have Green and you have Clark in the game at the same time at the tackle spots and then let's say we still don't have Kelly back? I mean, come on. So Dude, I think we need to do everything in our power down the stretch of these last five games to stay as COVID-free as humanly possible, which would be 0%, no cases, nobody out of COVID. It's huge. It's gonna de- I mean, COVID and Costanzo, that's what's going to decide the end of this season, in my opinion. Yeah. If we can stay COVID-free and we can get Costanzo back, which is, from what I'm hearing is not sounding too promising – as far as like immediately back, but you know, if we can do those two things, we got a shot. I, I just, man, I'm so worried about AC because without him, we are very much, it's just like the forest on defense. You take him off the D line. We're a different team. You take AC off the offensive line. We're a different team because we just, the talent drop off is just too big. And it's just, it, those are two of the most important positions, especially the D. I mean, most teams defensive tackle is not a huge thing, on our team, it's the the three tech is the, like the most important part of our of our defense, and and obviously every team's left tackle is, is other than quarterback probably the most important spot. So, mm-hmm. this is not good, but it's the hand we have to play and the hand we are dealt right now, and we just I mean like I said we just got to refocus on Houston and and you know come out prepared and ready to play. The penalties, Luke, are something that are is is got to be oh. corrected. The last two weeks, we've been, we've been penalized so much, and we played so undisciplined. Yeah. I think, especially uh, Rock. Rock think, killed us. Yeah. Rock killed us with those two penalties. We were still in the game at that point. Yeah, and I, I know Flus benched him and then brought him back in, but dude, at some point, and I, I think he's just going to have to go with Carey. I, re- yeah. I mean, because he is he's killing us. Rock is killing us in the secondary. Yep, and it was a tough loss, and it was even tougher to see the loss of Anthony Costanzo in the second quarter. So let's regroup. Let's get it together. We're currently 7-4. and four. We control our own destiny as far as a wild card. We have to go out. We have to win our game. So let's hope we get healthy. Let's hope we are COVID-free, COVID-negative this week. We don't have any more cases pop up. And we could go into Houston next week, and we could play Colts football, and we could get the dub because we need everyone we could get now going down the stretch heading into the postseason. So it's a big game next week. It was good to see T.Y. get involved because now as we go to his home away from home in Houston, he finally has something going now. So maybe we could get T.Y. to have a normal T.Y. performance against the Houston Texans next week in Houston. That's my man, Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. Tough one today, guys, but we have five left. We're sitting at 7-4. and 11-5 is the automatic bid. In my opinion, that's the magic number. You get to 11, you're going to the postseason. 10-6, and six, it's going to depend. There might be some tiebreakers in there. 10-6 and six could get you in. You could also be on the outside looking in. So I think 4-1 and one down the stretch puts you into the playoffs. We definitely have four very winnable games out of our last five starting next week against the Houston Texans. We'll be back on Thursday to preview Colts-Texans round one between the Colts and Texans. We see them twice over the next three weeks, which I hate. I hate the way the schedule makers did that. We played the Titans two times in three weeks. Now we play the Texans two times in three weeks, and we play the Jaguars 
week one and 17. No consistency, but that goes into it with Roger Goodell. There's no consistency with the schedule. There's no consistency with the officiating. There's no consistency. And what about that? I mean, I know we want to wrap this up, but what about how in the world did the refs miss that on T.Y.'s 50-yard catch? How did they rule that a fumble? He had two knees on the ground, two knees on the ground. That's just awful officiating. And then we go to review, we go to replay for three and a half, four minutes. When that could be an easy call down from the booth where you don't have to waste any time and you could keep the momentum of the offense going and you could keep the defense tired. The defense should have to run down the field and play you inside the five-yard line. The officiating in the NFL, everything's awful. There's no consistency. The punishments for COVID, there's no consistency. Schedule making, there's no consistency. How in the world do you have the Colts play the Jaguars 1-17 and and the Titans 10-12 and and the Texans 13-15? and No consistency, no logic. It's stupid, it's terrible, but that is Roger Goodell's NFL. We'll be back on Thursday to preview Colts-Texans right here on the For the Culture Podcast.